Hello and welcome to The Coping Toolbox, a child psychology podcast hosted by clinical psychologists Dr. Layla Dan Osman, Dr. Mary Simray McDonald, and Dr. Jennifer Vrend. We hope that this podcast helps parents, children, and teens learn new coping skills in dealing with their stress and anxiety and to help strengthen relationships in their lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Coping Toolbox. I'm Dr. Mary, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Dr. Jen and Dr. Layla. Our episode today is focused on some of the different qualities or characteristics that we tend to see in healthy relationships. And I'll just quickly note that our discussion and the qualities that we're chatting about, these apply to any relationship. So these would be for things like friendships and dating relationships and that sort of thing. And I want to say, like, I'm not sure about the two of you, but I often do see issues around healthy relationships come up with the teens that I work with. Um, Just as an example, I've noticed that some of them have a really hard time figuring out how to help a friend through problems that they might be going through. So trying to do this in a healthy way without their own mental health being affected. I don't know. Have either of you noticed that at all with some of the clients that you work with? Yeah, I've definitely seen that, Dr. Mary. And it's an issue that comes to the table quite frequently, actually, with adolescents. I think partly because relationships are so important to them and their friendships are so important. And, you know, sometimes they're so involved in the friendship and so badly want to help the friend that it actually is affecting their own mental health in a negative way. I agree. I, I do find this is something that comes up a lot in our work as as clinical psychologists. Um, just, you know, working with a population uh, with children and teens who are perhaps struggling with their own mental health, you know, anxiety, depression, that sort of thing. And sometimes, you know, in friendships, we seek um, closeness and relationships with people who have common ground or similarities to ourselves. So for example, if we have a friend who also struggles with anxiety, we might tend to kind of be drawn to that and, and talk about anxious symptoms with them or our experiences. And there's this initial interest there in becoming close with someone who understands what we're going through. But um, the downside of that, you know, is that relationship can very quickly become unhealthy where, um, you know, if there's one friend or if it's your partner is, is doing, um, or, you know, is not doing as well as, you know, our client, for example, um, and then our client becomes that, you know, the therapist in that relationship or in that friendship, um, and then it impacts their own mental health. So it can often lead to an unhealthy dynamic sometimes, um, unfortunately, in these types of friendships or relationships. So yeah, I do, I do agree with you, Dr. Mary. It is a very common issue that we see in, in our clinical practice. I was just thinking too, Dr. Mary, uh, as as Dr. Layla was talking, just relationships really are so complex too. And even as adults, it's hard sometimes to find the right stride in relationships. And I think for teenagers, they're really learning a lot about relationships at that time. I'm actually, I'm thinking about my son as I'm saying this, and a lot of his friendships early on were because I was friends with the parents and it was just kind of, they were put together. But as you become a teen, you really are developing more of your own independence and seeking out, you know, like Dr. Layla had said, friends that really share things in common. And you're really kind of being more independent in that process. And I think navigating that is quite, quite difficult, but it's a big, I think a really steep learning curve. Yeah, it really is. And if we look at the period of adolescence, we recognize like developmentally, 
friendships and, you know, kind of nurturing those friendships and the importance of friendships, it all plays such an important role at this stage of life. And I find that comes into play very often as well for teenagers where they want to help their friends, they want to be there for them. Um, but we also want to make sure that they're balancing that with managing their own mental health and making sure that there are, you know, these healthy qualities in the relationship so that the struggles are not taking over and kind kind of, um, you know, making it difficult for all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it also makes me think back, Dr. Jen, about your analogy in our last episode of the oxygen mask, you know, this idea of parents needing to put on their oxygen mask on an airplane before helping out their children and how we can apply that analogy to so many different types of relationships that our well-being um, is and maintaining and honoring and nurturing our well-being is a very important part of being able to contribute to other relationships. Yeah, I like that. I really like that, Dr. Mary. So when we're thinking about qualities and healthy relationships, what sorts of things might we be talking about there? Dr. Jen, did you want to start and um, jump in to give us an idea of some of the qualities we might be looking at? So yeah, for sure. One of the things I think is really important is a sense of security in the relationship. So really paying attention to how we feel in the relationship. Is there a sense of acceptance for who we are? Do we feel like we can really be ourselves and feel secure being ourselves and still feel honored in that relationship and feel like our needs are being met? You know, I think with sense of security, there's sort of the emotional side to it as well as the physical. And I think really making sure that both of those, the physical and emotional security is there in a relationship. That's really, really helpful. Yeah, that's great. I think exactly like you said, that paying attention to how we feel in the relationship is there space for us to be ourselves. Dr. Layla, did you have anything to add to that idea of the sense of security as being a healthy relationship quality? Yeah. So, you know, as, as both of you were talking, I'm thinking about this idea of a sense of security and how it, you know, often first comes in play as infants and young children in our relationships to our parents and how, you know, that security in our, in our relationships with our parents can impact our future relationships as teens and adults and how, you know, it's, it's such a wonderful thing when we can grow up in a secure relationship with a, with a parent um, and feel secure and then move on into healthier relationships in the adult years. So often we'll see, you know, not always the case, but sometimes we'll see children who have had an insecure attachment as a young child um, and then go on to unfortunately end up in relationships that are less healthy or they're not so clear on, you know, proper boundaries in those relationships um, and how, you know, what what is a healthy way of feeling in, in those relationships and um, how should they be treated or treat others, right? So, um, you know, sense of security is so important throughout development, you know, and not only in the early years of life, but also throughout, um, you know, adult years and into uh, longer term romantic relationships as well. Uh, Dr. Leila, as you were talking, I was thinking about kind of, you know, from early on, as you say, and some of the attachments and, you know, when we think of kind of infants and toddlers and often they, they, they almost need to be physically present with the parent in order to know that the parent is there. And it's interesting with some of the teens where sometimes there's this, you know, it's hard for some of them to know that it's okay 
not to have that connection. And I'm thinking of texting in particular, um, but just to be able to be separate and know that the relationship is still secure, right? And the relationship is fine, but allowing that space. And I think that's, that's really important as well. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like to feel that the relationship is secure enough that space is not going to impact it or that we don't need to constantly be seeking reassurance from the other party to make sure that things are good. It's of like this um, ability to have that connection with that person, but also be able to be ourselves and be able to share other connections with other people as well. And this is something I also see come up in relationships fairly often. You know, I work with a lot of teens, so I see it certainly with my teens, but where sometimes jealousy comes up and, you know, sometimes when we feel very strongly about somebody, um, we might get this feeling that our way of maintaining or nurturing that relationship is by being somewhat controlling or limiting their involvement with other people or that sort of thing. But this is obviously a really big problem and something that, you know, we want to consider in the context of a healthy relationship. Do we feel able to talk to other people and have relationships with them? Or are we feeling kind of controlled within this relationship? That's a really interesting point. As you were talking, I was also thinking you know, I, I would assume probably a bit of jealousy is, is normal, right? Jealousy is a human emotion and we all feel it from time to time. But I guess the intensity is what makes a big difference. And as you were speaking, Dr. Mary, I was also thinking, we often think of jealousy as something we have with a, you know, an intimate partner. But I have a lot of teens that talk about jealousy, even wanting their you know, their friend to be their best friend and only their best friend, yeah. right? Yeah, or feeling like their friend's relationships with other people is somehow a threat to their relationship. Mm-hmm. So this idea then really, um, you know, it's important in developing that sense of security in a relationship or friendship is also accepting that your friends or your partner can have multiple relationships and types of relationships with other people, right? And feeling secure and knowing that has nothing to do with your own relationship with, with this person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Allowing space for all of that. I think that's really important as well. And this kind of leads in a little bit to our next point um, or our next quality that we're chatting about. And that's this idea of healthy boundaries. Um, So when we're talking about healthy boundaries, we're talking a little bit about um, the set of boundaries that's related to things like maybe our time or our energy, um, what we need in order to maintain our mental health, our physical health and our well-being. I'm wondering, Dr. Layla, if you'd be able to speak a little bit about healthy boundaries and why that's an important quality in relationships. So, you know, this is actually a topic that comes up in a lot of sessions with um, not only teens, but also children. So this idea of how do we establish these healthy boundaries in these relationships in our life that perhaps are feeling like they're not so healthy, right? So perhaps, you know, we have a uh, friendship, a family member, um, a romantic partner um, that is taking a lot of energy from us, um, you know, a lot of mental energy, a lot of our time, etc. And how do we build 
healthy boundaries there. So that could look like talking about how much time we're willing to dedicate to this person or what, you know, types of conversations are we going to allow ourselves to have with these people. Um, Perhaps we keep conversations more superficial, for example, with certain types of people we know we have a lot of conflict with, um, or perhaps we spend a little less time engaging with that person if we often walk away from interactions feeling drained or after a conflict with them. Um, So this idea of, of healthy boundaries is so critical for mental health. And like I said, often comes up in therapy sessions as being an important management tool or a coping tool, right, as we as we talk about in our podcast. So often we can't control other people's behaviors, but we certainly can control our own as well as our own reactions. So this is an area, you know, creating healthy boundaries that we do have control over in our lives and that we should take advantage of. Um you know, in relationships, it's also really helpful, and important to consider whether there is respect for our boundaries. So for example, if you're in an intimate relationship or a romantic relationship, and your partner wants to hang out seven days a week, are you okay with that? Um, you know, because we should have balance, we should have time with family and friends. So, you know, if we're feeling like those boundaries, for example, you know, with our time are not being respected, um, that could be a sign that the relationship uh, boundaries need some work and are not healthy. As you were talking, Dr. Layla, I was reminded of, of a quote, and I pulled it up because I tend to get quotes wrong, but uh, the quote is by Prentice Hemphill, and it's, boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. And I really like this quote because it's just that idea, kind of like what Dr. Maria talked about earlier, that we really have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and we can actually be a much better friend when we're taking care of ourselves and having set these really healthy boundaries. In an ideal healthy relationship too, we should be encouraging our friends and partners to do self-care and take care of themselves and have those boundaries, right? We want that for them because um, it, it improves our own relationships with them. Yes. I think that's a really good point too, Dr. Layla, because I think it's also worth considering, you know, even if we are maintaining our boundaries, how much effort is it taking to do that? Are we having to, you know, constantly explain to our partner or a friend what our needs are? Are they, you know, respecting that or does it take a lot of work to establish that boundary? So I think that's a really good point, just that in healthy relationships, we really want these things for the other person involved. We want them to be well and we want them to do what they need to do to maintain that well-being. And one of the other areas that we really want to consider when we're talking about healthy boundaries is this idea of consent. And this is important in all relationships, but of course comes up very often in dating relationships. Um, So when we're talking about consent, we're obviously talking about giving our permission um, to engage in certain types of behaviors. And sometimes a person that we're dating might ask us to do something that we're not really feeling comfortable with. And that's okay not to do it when we're not feeling comfortable with it. We also might consider things that have negative repercussions or negative consequences. So I'm thinking of things like sending nudes um, to a partner or sending explicit messages. And this is a really important one to consider because even though sometimes when we're in a relationship, we feel like there's a trust there and you know, we want to maybe make our partner happy or whatever the reasons might be. But sometimes when we're broken up or the relationship doesn't last, that trust isn't there anymore. And then concerns come around about sharing information. Um, 
you know, which is obviously never okay for that person to do. But I think we have to remember we live in an age where nothing is private. And one thing I often talk to teens about is when you are sending any type of information through social media or online communication, it's really helpful to think about whether you would feel comfortable with a group of people seeing that same information or whether it's something that you would not be comfortable with. And I find that that can be a helpful way to gauge um, whether it's something that we want out there or not. I think that's a really good point, Dr. Mary. And I have heard uh, lots of stories, unfortunately, where people have shared really personal things like that and and then it has gotten out and it is it can be quite devastating for the individual involved mm-hmm. and I, I just want to you know in talking about this want to make sure that we emphasize that in no way do we consider it the person who was victimized in that situation in no way would we consider it to be their fault if somebody else shares their information it's absolutely the responsibility and you know um wrong behavior on the part of the person who's sharing. Um, But just find that it's helpful to consider these things as part of, you know, healthy qualities in relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's such an important point, Dr. Mary, because um, so many youth now when they're dating are doing so through social media or text, right? It's a lot of indirect um, contact and communication happening these, these days in the dating world. And so this is an issue that comes up a lot right? And and romantic Mm -hmm. relationships. So um, such an important thing to bring up when we're talking about healthy boundaries and consent, um, for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, even education within relationships as well for people to know asking your partner for these things Mm -hmm. is not necessarily a great thing to do because you're also putting them at risk. So kind of providing that education on that level as well saying hey look when you're asking somebody to send you nudes for example um this is how you're putting them at risk by asking them for that absolutely i agree yeah so this kind of um leads into our next area that we wanted to talk about in terms of you know healthy relationship qualities and this is this idea of looking for equality or reciprocity within relationships. So this is the idea that relationships involve that give and take. So they're not just one-sided. When we were talking at the beginning about how um, some individuals are providing a lot of support for a friend, we might want to ask ourselves whether that's taking up all of the relationship or whether we are also receiving support in moments where we are struggling. Um, I'm wondering if either of you have anything that you want to add to that idea of equality and reciprocity in relationships. Sure. This is something that does come up with the teens that I work with quite frequently, where they might have a good friend who's really struggling and not reaching out to other people for support. And sometimes they have a relationship where it's, you know, very much the, the the friend that I might be working with is kind of becoming their friend's therapist. And I have this conversation frequently because they really want to help the friend and it comes from all the right places and they want to be supportive and they want to help out. But sometimes the issues are just so big and it's too much for anyone to carry. And so we often have that talk and it's interesting because 
you know, it's not a perfect balance. And there are times where we have friends and, and all of us, I think, can relate to this, where, you know, there's times where we maybe le- need to lean on friends a little bit more and where they need to lean on us a little bit more. But the, the real issue here is when it's constantly you having to support that other person. And, and like I say, kind of feel like you're you're becoming their therapist and you're not getting the back and forth support that you might need in the relationship. Absolutely. Um, so for our next one, we wanted to talk about a very, very important relationship quality, and that is trust. Um, so we want to think about whether we have the expectation that the other person or the other people involved in the relationships are telling the truth to us. Um, are they also being thoughtful with our personal information? So if we do turn to them for support, if we do share something personal, is that information that they're sharing with other people or are they being protective of that information? Um, Dr. Layla, is there anything else you wanted to add there uh, to that idea of trust? Yeah, so I think as you're talking um, and we've been talking throughout the conversation, you know, when we're building healthy relationships uh, in life, there's certain foundational kind of pillars, you know, at the base of of developing these relationships. And trust is, of course, one of the most important parts of um, that foundation in the sense of without it, we can't fully... um, you know, feel vulnerable to share our emotional experiences or our perspectives with our partners or our friends. Um, and, you know, that reciprocity in the relationship can't be there without trust because we're holding back information or perhaps filtering the information we're sharing. And so, you know, it is something that we need to make sure is established early in a relationship and that it's maintained over time. And I think trust is also, you know, one of those qualities that helps us to get to different stages of our relationship, like helps us to develop more of that closeness, which is a really cool, you know, aspect or a cool quality about it that sometimes when we do develop that trust or we have the experience of being vulnerable with somebody or seeking help from them and it ends up being a positive experience, then from there, we go into a different level within that relationship. And that trust is such a foundational part of that. So yeah, agreed. Very, very important. So for our next quality, um, and we've talked about this a little bit kind of throughout this discussion, but really important to consider whether we feel supported within the relationship. Um, Can we turn to the other party when we need support? We want to think about things like whether we're cheering each other on, whether we're rooting for, you know, each other or our friends to succeed. Um, Dr. Jen or Dr. Layla, do you have anything that you want to add to that point? I think the point you just mentioned, Dr. Mary, like the uh, cheering each other on is a really important point because we really want to have our friends be happy for our successes and we want to be able to be happy for others who are experiencing success as well. And just having that, you know, knowing that, okay, if I tell my friend about this great thing that just happened, they're going to be excited for me. They're going to be happy for me versus maybe jealous or questioning or even belittling some of our enjoyment, some of our excitement, right? And I think just 
having that, you know, those people in our lives that are going to kind of cheer us on is so important. And also people in our lives that we feel we can cheer on and be happy for at the same time. You know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about how so many of these relationship qualities are things that we're sort of able to gauge with how we're feeling sometimes. Like if something, just Dr. Jen, like you were talking about, if something big has happened for us, are we excited Mm -hmm. to tell the other person because we think that they will have a positive reaction for us? Or are we kind of holding back a little bit because we're worried that, you know, they are going to have a negative reaction to what we're saying? Um, Do we feel pushed sometimes outside our boundaries? So kind of gauging some of these things by how we're feeling, um, kind of our comfort level within that relationship. I was just thinking that a lot of these things we can gauge that way. As you're talking to Dr. Mary, it makes me think that, you know, one of sort of when we're looking for are there issues in the relationship I think it's the patterns that we're really focusing on. So, you know, from time to time, we're all human. We all make mistakes. You know, we can't always be the best friend ever. But if we're seeing regularly that, you know, I can never tell this friend about something exciting that's happening to me because it always becomes about them. And, you know, if we're really not able to have those nice experiences, it suggests that, you know, that's a pretty big big red flag that there's something wrong with the relationship if somebody's really struggling and they're going through a hard time, by all means, we're not going to throw all of our you know, most exciting things on them in that moment. But over time, if we're seeing, you know what, like I'm never able to share my success with this person, I think that's where we need to be more concerned. I'm so glad you brought that up because it is really important that when we're talking about any of these things, we're not talking about these one-off situations Mm -hmm. or kind of moment by moment, but we're looking at this bigger picture of patterns and, you know, in healthy relationships, in any relationship, things do happen where they're not ideal. Sometimes we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have times where we don't respond the way that we want to, but are those things that we can kind of work through or are those situations that don't typically happen? So I'm really glad that you brought up that point. And, you know, adding to that, I think in healthy relationships, one of the signs is does the other person correct the mistake that they've made, right? Like, let's Mm -hmm. say you share something really exciting with a friend and their initial reaction is um, not so positive or discouraging. Do they then recognize that and, you know, come, come back to you and apologize or acknowledge that they didn't respond in a healthy way and that they're not going to do that again. So there's correction of that initial emotional reaction. Um, Same thing in, in, you know, romantic relationships. So I think, you know, not only our patterns of behavior, uh, what we're looking for, but also does our partner or does our friend um, look to correct the behavior that they're perhaps uh, engaging in that's not uh, a healthy response to you? As you were saying that, Dr. Layla, it made me think too, just one of the important pieces is if we are noticing something that's concerning to us in the relationship, it is really important that we're able to communicate that. And again, if we have all of these things we're talking about today in place, if we have the support and the trust and the balance, we should be able to openly communicate those concerns and those feelings. 
and have some understanding from the other person when we try to communicate those things that are really causing difficulties or challenges in the relationship. Yeah. And a desire from both parties to work through that and to nurture and support the relationship. I think that also is very helpful to have that um, when we feel like we're both on the same team communicating together to try to get to the other side of the problem or to try to get to that shared goal of, you know, nurturing or supporting the relationship. So Mm -hmm. our final um, quality that we wanted to talk about is enjoyment. So we've talked about all of these different areas, but something else that's very important to consider in relationships or friendships is whether these relationships are enjoyable or whether they're always consumed with heavy topics or things that are really draining or arguing all the time or again like feeling like you have to go outside of your comfort zone or feeling like you can't just be yourself Um, and having fun is important for lots of different reasons having fun is fun but it's also important for lots of different reason Um, and our reasons and our relationships tend to be more balanced when we have enjoyment as part of that did either of you want to add anything to that point Just with that point, I think even just to take some time and think about some of the relationships in your life can be really helpful. And just notice how you feel when you think about those different people. Do you feel secure and trusting and happy when you think of that individual? What what is your gut telling you? You know, and I think just kind of kind of getting in touch a little bit with those feelings. And if there's a lot of enjoyment in the relationship, you're going to feel a lot more positively when you're thinking about that relationship. I like that point a lot, Dr. Jen. The only other thing I wanted to add to this discussion that um, popped up in my head is, uh, you know, this idea that relationships are dynamic and not stable, right? So they're always changing. And we often see this with kids as they're growing up, right? They have these healthy friendships, and then they get to the teenage years, and sometimes the friendship changes or the relationship changes. And this is true even in romantic relationships where things start off well and they take a turn, um, you know, and so always checking in with yourself and how you're feeling currently, right? So just Mm -hmm. because you had a healthy relationship with someone 10 years ago doesn't mean it currently is still a healthy relationship and needing to um, address that or work on it, whether it's setting, you know, up boundaries or perhaps um, discussing or having open communication with that person. This you know, this can even be true within family relationships as well, right? I have so many clients who talk a lot about, you know, feeling like once a relationship has ended, like it was a quote unquote waste of time. And I try to help them reframe that by looking at it as serving a purpose for a period of time in your life. And it's kind of speaking Mm -hmm. to this point that you're making, Dr. Layla, that, you know, these are dynamic relationships. These are things that change and what maybe was serving our needs or bringing us value at one point in our life, it might not be doing that in the same way at a different stage. So yeah, I think, again, going back to how we're feeling and how things are currently and also not feeling obligated to maybe maintain a relationship that has become unhealthy in our life because Mm -hmm. of the history. Those are all really important things to consider. 
So just to um, wrap up, we just wanted to go through um, our takeaways from this episode. So some of these points that we hope you take away with you um, in terms of or in regard to qualities and healthy relationships. The first quality would be feeling accepted for who we are. And finding that, um, or I'll just say feeling accepted for who we are within the relationship. Um, Dr. Jen, did you have another that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I think it's also really important that we feel we can be independent in the relationship while at the same time feeling supported. And what I mean by that is just being able to be ourselves, have our own set of friends, and still feel like that that person, that relationship is a supportive relationship for us. Right. And Dr. Layla, did you want to speak to the final point there, the final takeaway? So I think the last point would be that the relationship should feel like it has balance and reciprocity and should feel fun. Well, I hope that this information today has been helpful And I encourage everyone to check in with themselves and, you know, see how they're feeling in their relationships. See if there are areas that maybe need some um, work or some attention or whether those foundational qualities are there. We encourage everyone to check out the links that are connected to our episodes for more information on each topic. We look forward to our next episode.